welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and today I'm going to dive into cardio. Specifically, we're going to compare HIT versus LIS and which one is better uh, and when to use them in regards to fat loss. So what form of cardio should you be using to optimize fat loss? Before I get into the actual topic for today uh, in this brief short episode, this is going to be one of our podcast shorts. So the goal is to take a topic, hammer it home, give you some of the science, apply it into practical application, into coaching settings, um, and get you out of here in less than 10 to 15 minutes is the goal. So we'll see if I can (laughs) discuss this topic and give you as much info as possible within that time frame. Uh, But again, before I do, quick shout out and mention to all the people who have been regular listeners. Thank you so much for being here once again. We appreciate you and you are how we have grown this podcast to where it's at. If you are new to this podcast, thank you for giving us a shot. For all of you, if you enjoy this episode, do me a huge favor, share it with a friend, leave us a five-star rating review if you like it. It helps us grow even more and continue listening to the podcast. Now, in regards of hit and list, why did I even decide to, to record this podcast? We also wrote a blog on this topic, so I'm using the blog as kind of my blueprint um, and to provide some of the, the actual context to what we have here. So if you want to check out the actual blog, you can head over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash blog. It is one of the, the top ones there in that homepage as you are listening to this, unless you are listening to this six months later, which often does happen too. If that's the case, type in hit versus list on the blog. But the reason we wanted to write the article and we wanted to do the podcast is really just because it's a common debate. Um, it's a common question we get. Should I do hit or should I do lists when I am trying to target fat loss? And there are just a lot of nuances to the answers. So in this podcast and in the blog, we're going to cover the science behind inter, uh, high intensity interval training, so HIT, H I I T, and low intensity steady state, which is LISS, L I S S. And that's what those two definitions mean if you are new to the acronyms. Um, but we're going to cover HIT and LISS training from a practical and a physiological point of view uh, and discuss the benefits of each form of exercise. Then we'll cover when and how to use them uh, for general health, fat loss, muscle growth, or to just improve performance if you are an athlete or somebody who just cares about strength or performance. Ultimately answering the question, which form of cardio works best fat loss. That is going to be the end goal. And all of these things contribute to that. So although we are going to mention general health, muscle growth, performance, strength, and fat loss, all of these things are going to be relative to fat loss. And the ending answer that I wanted to provide you guys with is that because most of the time when anybody asks us a question, like what form of cardio should I be doing? It's because they want to lose fat, right? But before we can answer that question, we actually need to dive into some of the research behind the cardio modalities. And to better understand the, the research that we're going to be covering in this podcast today, there's a key term that you need to be familiar with, and that's VO2 max. Uh, VO2 max is the main outcome of most of the studies we're going to mention today. Uh, it's a measure of the maximum amount of oxygen and um, how much oxygen your body can utilize during exercise. The procedure involves wearing a mask that measures oxygen consumption and carbon dioxide, CO2, production. So if you want to see what that actually looks like and watch when people go through those tests and studies, uh, one, you can just Google search it. There's tons of pictures of this, but we also have a video linked in the blog, which will be linked in this podcast, and you can check that out there and see some of the stuff um, live in front of you on your screen. But in general, um, VO2 max is a measurement of the maximum amount of oxygen your body can utilize during exercise of any kind. And when it comes to aerobic um, or anaerobic exercise 
more cardio-based and doing studies on these things, that's how we measure it. That's how we determine a lot of things. So um, now we can get into the science behind HIT and list cardio. And we'll start with HIT, high-intensity interval training. The definition of high-intensity interval training is it's not really uh, ubiquitous. So we don't really have one said term in the fitness world or in the research world for that matter. Um, in fact, one recent review defined HIT as either repeated short bouts of less than 45 seconds to long bouts of two to four minutes of rather high but not maximal intensity exercise, which kind of defeats what most of us think of exercise, right? Um, now, there's another definition of this, and that's short, so less than 10 seconds, repeated sprint sequences, or long, above 20 to 30 second sprint interval sessions. Um, these are all out sprints, interspersed with recovery periods. Um, so as you can see, it's, it kind of floats around, but to put simply, what HIT really is, is a series of intense bouts of exercise interspersed with periods of rest. The ratio of work to rest for HIT ranges from 1 to 1 to 1 to 10. For example, one of the most well-known HIT workouts is Tabata. Most of you guys have heard of this. This consists of eight sets of 20 seconds of exercise at an intensity of about 170% of VO2 max with a 10-second rest between each bout. So this is a 2 to 1 work ratio. Damn near impossible. And if you've ever done a true Tabata, you know that you really can't do more than eight sets. Eight sets is the max. And, and if you actually go back to the Tabata study and you look at what they did, I mean, these guys were pushing them to the max. They have lab researchers yelling at them to get them to go to this level, which again was an intensity of 170% of VO2 max with only a 10 second rest in between. Now, eight sets of 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off is only three minutes and 50 seconds total. So in less than four minutes, you're done with the entire workout. That's a really big key point here too, right? Um, another example is the Norwegian 4x4 protocol where four, you have four-minute bouts of, uh, of exercise. So you perform four minutes of uh, bouts at a heart rate between 85 to 95%, so pretty high, of your maximum heart rate, interspersed with three minutes of recovery at about 70% of uh, your heart rate max, which is a four-to-three ratio. Um, and one of the famous protocols involves four to seven all-out 30-second Wingate test with four minutes of recovery, which is a one to eight ratio. Another example is a protocol that uses 10 one-minute intervals at 90 to 95% of your maximum heart rate separated by one minute of active recovery, which is known as a sprint interval training setup and is considered a form of high-intensity interval training that falls on the highest end of the intensity spectrum. So as you can see, there's a lot of variability between HIIT protocols. Plus, the practical application of these protocols is not great. So people end up adapting them to fit the equipment they have. The important component in all of these protocols is exercising near or at maximum effort for short periods of time then taking a long break usually but taking a break period that allows you to do it again at that high level so you either have to do less rounds so that you can take shorter rest periods and continue at that high intensity threshold or take longer rest periods and you're gonna have a longer duration but nonetheless be able to perform at that max intensity but the biggest key is you are doing a series of repeated near maximal, if not complete maximal, intensity exercises. Um, and I think that's where people, a lot of people get it wrong when they start adapting these things and they realize how uncomfortable HIT truly is, like a true HIT protocol is, they usually don't maximize their heart rate, they maximize their intensity during a HIT protocol and therefore don't actually do a true HIT protocol according to research. 
several meta-analyses have been comp completed on the effects of HIT as well. So um, it, we'll go over some of these now to kind of uh, put the icing on the cake and really understand the benefits behind them and what we've seen in research, right? So in 2013, one of the first metas on HIT protocols, uh, high-intensity interval training, found that the mean change in VO2 max when using HIT was 0.51 liter uh, per minute. One minute, uh, one in response to six to 13 weeks of, of hit with higher volume hit eliciting even greater improvements. These findings translate to a five to 15% increase in endurance capacity depending on someone's initial fitness level, which is pretty crazy. Um, another meta-analysis focused on SIT um, found that VO2 max increased by four to 13%. Now, Specifically, the analysis found that the mean improvements in VO2 max after two weeks of SIT were 6.8% compared to 9.6% after four to eight weeks. Given the potential differences in HIT and SIT um, intensity, basically, two meta-analyses have completed uh, been completed comparing them and both have found no statistically significant difference in the change of VO2 max following HIT or SIT. This means that we have flexibility in choosing which HIT protocol to incorporate into an exercise program if our goal is to enhance performance, basically, because there's really no difference between the two. The logic behind doing HIT training is that it produces a larger adaptive response by virtue of rec recruiting a broader population of muscle fibers and providing a larger cardiorespiratory signal to adapt to. On the physiological level, six sessions of HIT training totaling 15 total minutes of all out, which is really key, all out exercise over two weeks can increase skeletal muscle oxidative capacity as reflected by the protein content of mitochondrial enzymes. If you remember back to biology 101 for all the coaches and people who have actually opened a textbook on this shit, mitochondria, they're the powerhouses of the cell. So more enzymes essentially just means you're going to increase your exercise performance. We need more mitochondria in order to improve or increase our ability to exercise at a high level. In addition to increasing muscle oxidative capacity, there's a bunch of other adaptations such as increasing resting glycogen content and reducing the rate of glycogen utilization, um, which result in improved fuel utilization while exercising. So we can use HIT as a way to improve our energy systems and burn fuel more efficiently at the end of the day. Other benefits such as an increased capacity for whole body and skeletal muscle lipid oxidation, which means the body can better utilize fat stores, essentially kind of going back to what I just said with the energy systems. Um, and uh, the skeletal muscle lipid oxidation is paired with enhanced peripheral vascular structure and function. Practically all of these changes causes the improved uh, exercise performance we see in the meta-analysis, right? So this is all just a bunch of data and, and things pointing to the fact that high-intensity interval is great for improving performance, period. Now, on the metabolic side, high-intensity exercise um, interval exercise performed over two weeks can substantially improve both insulin action and glucose homeostasis in sedentary young males. This means that even a small amount of HIT can improve the way your body deals with glucose. Um, HIT also has been shown to improve cardiovascular fitness in a range, a wide range of populations, including people with coronary artery disease, congestive heart failure, and just overweight adolescents in general. Ultimately, HIT is a proven method to increase endurance performance and your uh, overall health in general. So we can use this for performance. We can use this for some of the 
small, small details on the physiological level that lead to greater fat loss improvements over time. Like I said, using uh, better substrates, improving insulin sensitivity, uh, glucose homeostasis, which allows us to utilize fuel sources better, um, improve the way our body absorbs and utilizes glycogen and carbohydrates during training, so on and so forth. And that's just on the fat loss and performance side. Nonetheless, it's also going to have some of the same exact effects that low intensity cardio would have and aerobic training would have for the benefit of improved health. So when we go into the, the, the research on low intensity steady state cardio to um, kind of compare the two, it, it gets a little bit simpler. So LIST, low intensity steady state involves slow aerobic activities such as walking, jogging, swimming, cycling, um, the elliptical, really just any exercise um, that is much easier than HIT, honestly. Um, and it's often an easier place to start for most people just trying to exercise or sedentary individuals getting into higher levels of activity and training. So by definition, lift, LIST involves training at 50 to 70% of your VO2 or heart rate max for about 30 to 60 minutes. To put that into perspective, uh, a 30-year-old person can estimate their heart rate max by using the equation 220 minus your age and find their heart rate max is going to be about 190 pound, uh, beats per minute. So basically, what you can do is take 220 minus your age. That's going to give you your beats per minute. Um, so doing some quick math tells us that their low intensity steady state heart rate could uh, goal would be between 80 to 133 beats per minute. Now, as far as benefits, one study found that LIS can improve fat oxidation and ATP resynthesis, resulting in enhanced recovery ability and general aerobic endurance in adults with one hour of LIS four times a week for four weeks. Another study had sedentary middle-aged men walk briskly for just about 30 minutes each day for a full year, which is a really long time for a study to be conducted in the first place. Um, but it was cool because they found improvements in fitness endurance, but no changes in real body composition compared to the control groups. Um, but just 30 minutes of walking did improve uh, cardiovascular and fitness endurance. Um, the benefit, the biggest proponent of LIST um, is ACSM, which is uh, American College of Sports Medicine, which is a company that a lot of people get certified as trainers with. Um, and they suggest moderate intensity aerobic activity for a minimum of 30 minutes on five days each week to promote and maintain health. Moderate intensity aerobic activity, which is what ACM, uh, ACSM describes as a brisk walk, which we can all define what that is on our own, really, um, can be accumulated uh, toward the 30-minute minimum by performing bouts of uh, each lasting 10 or more minutes. So you can combine a bunch of mini walks as well. Furthermore, lists, if incorporated as recommended by ACSM, can protect against chronic diseases, prevent unhealthy weight gain, and help sustain weight loss in adults who have lost uh, substantial body weight. So it's a really good sustainability approach and habit as well. Uh, but to be honest, the, the research on lists isn't really that exciting. I mean, HIT is way more fun to read about, way more uh, interesting and exciting to dig into the research on. Um, and that's because the physio physiological changes take a lot longer and the studies are focused on general health, not necessarily performance or muscle gain or fat loss or getting shredded. Uh, plus, there's no research directly comparing list to hit for things like fat loss, muscle growth, or performance. Most of the research compares moderate intensity continuous training, which is M-I-C-T, but most people don't really know of that acronym, um, or HIT. So it's hard to say. Now, how can we practically apply all this? Um, I mean, first and foremost, we have to cover general health. Like one of the main barriers to participation in any exercise program is a perceived lack of time. So one of the appeals of HIT training is that it, it represents a more time efficient way to accomplish goals, really. Um, some evidence actually suggests that HIT is more enjoyable than other types of exercise. But if you ask anyone that 
that question in the middle of a hit session, they'll probably say no and look at you uh, like a deer in headlights because it is not enjoyable during. But if you save a lot of time, that could definitely lead to more enjoyment of what you're spending your time on. From a general health perspective, though, if you only have time for one type of exercise, HIT is the one to go with. I mean, plain and simple, because it's just going to save you more time. But if you're hesitant to use high intensities or have injuries to work around, LIS is going to be a good option to just stay safe and avoid prolonging recovery from those injuries or causing any further issues with those injuries. Um, but the benefit of not having specific goals is that you can incorporate either one and you'll be totally fine. But both of them are going to be equally effective in improving cardiovascular health, exercise, overall fitness, um, whereas high-intensity interval training is probably going to lean more in favor for some of the energy system benefits, some of the um, fat loss proponents in the long term. The, the 1% details when we're talking about fuel utilization, stuff like that, um, mainly because the amount of aerobic exercise required in order to get your body to become more of a quote-unquote fat-burning machine and better utilize fuel substrates and things like that, it does require a lot of your time, and most people just don't get to that point. Um, and for sport-specific reasons, HIT is usually a better protocol. Now, if your sport involves long-distance long uh, long distance running, that's a completely different story. So when we go to fat loss, both HIT and LIST can be beneficial, but LIST is easier to recover from and can usually be incorporated into a daily routine way more easily. Um, for example, adding a 30 to 60 minute walk is a easy way to burn extra calories primarily from body fat. During LIST, you can make calls, you can listen to your audiobook, you can listen to this podcast, you might be doing that right now. I mean, you should, you could watch something on TV or YouTube, um, you can even study if you really wanted to, you could read something if you're on a treadmill, but HIT doesn't allow any of that. You can't passively consume any type of content or learn anything because you're in these quick intervals and you have to be highly focused. Now on a calorie equivalent basis, they will both help with fat loss. So it's really just personal preference that matters. One doesn't burn more body fat than the other. However, the one that you're able to do more consistently and with more enjoyment is probably going to lead to better and more concise and specific efforts for that modality. And that's going to lead to better fat loss because you're able to do it over time and you can kind of um, have a snowball effect with it, right? For muscle gain, um, or at least maximizing the amount of muscle on your body, this is probably going to be the best option for most people, believe it or not, even though HIT uses um, more anaerobic energy systems, which is the same energy system as most muscle growth training, like strength training and bodybuilding. Um, but LIS is going to allow you to complete more training volume without worrying about being overtrained or having to recover more from your recent hit sessions. Um, so we've actually done a blog and a podcast on concurrent training, so you can go check that out on the website as well. Um, but we wrote there that um, there's very little data suggesting that concurrent training prevents muscle hypertrophy, so muscle growth. So if your main goal is to increase muscle size, um, then plan your aerobic exercise so that it does not lower the intensity or volume you are able to do in your resistance training. Because if it does, it's going to limit how much volume you can do, and that's what's going to interfere most with your ability to maximize muscle growth. Um, so with that being said, HIT could be a better option than LIS if it does not increase fatigue or nagging injuries over time. But um, most important thing during muscle growth is to be able to recover enough to be able to maximize volume and do more volume. And most of the time, list is the way to go for that. I would also add that HIT is a good tool to throw in when you are done focusing on muscle growth and you are ready to burn fat and just lose weight. So you might want to minimize cardio overall when you're on a muscle growth phase. And by just going for walks and having more steps, you can re keep recovery very high and keep your cardiovascular system healthy and get the benefits that will contribute to muscle growth from that cardio without overdoing it and causing a interference effect.
leading to less actual muscle growth at the end of the day. Now, for performance, um, and this is the last one we'll cover, um, especially anything with an anaerobic component, HIT is a clear winner, as I kind of mentioned earlier. As noted throughout this podcast, it can increase VO2 max in just a few weeks. It's also a way to mimic sport-specific demands without having to play in an actual game with people, um, whatever the sport may be. Um, However, in a training program that uh, the aerobic component should take into account the type of performance that needs to be increased. So likely this could involve a mixture of hit and list together to get the benefits of a demanding training session from hit and the ability to increase recovery from list. But again, this is all sport specific. If your sport requires you to have explosive bouts of um, sprints or energy or throwing or tackling or running or anything, you're probably going to want to go with hit because it's going to increase your VO2 max, which is the biggest benefit of cardio in general towards sports performance and high performance athletic endeavors. Now, if to take you through a conclusion on this and, and what's really better for fat loss from a coaching perspective, the reality of this question is that there's not an answer because it's just an individualized prescription, really. Um, and it'd be dogmatic for us to try and say that this is better than that. So the best solution to deciding whether you should be doing hit or list to pursue your fat loss goals is to determine the level of stress you are under on a regular basis, both from a lifestyle and from your fitness journey. So this means training and diet, as well as work, relationship, emotions, all those kind of things. And then examine your goals over the general timeline. In other words, if you're a high-stress individual, work a high-stress job or in a large caloric deficit, which is stressful by itself, and you're training with a lot of intensity or volume, making your training program a high-stress as well, you're probably going to benefit from using low-intensity cardio as your means of creating more energy expenditure and pursuing fat loss. But on the contrary, if you do not have so many high-stress factors playing a role, you may benefit a lot from using high-intensity intervals for your choice of cardio because it is a great way to utilize fuel substrates and burn more fat while maximizing your time. And if you maximize your time, you might be able to spend more time doing recovery-promoting things like getting enough fucking sleep. (laughs) So things like that actually matter. Now, For those of you who are right in the middle, uh, which is a lot of people, with an average amount of stress, there's no reason you can't just use both simultaneously. In fact, this is often what we see the best strategy for for fat loss being as a cardio endeavor um, at TCM and with our clients. You can use a 50-50 blend or like a 75-25 blend favoring the one you prefer more or is best for the client or yourself. Um, But this can and probably should also change as the diet progresses along because the longer the duration of the diet or the fat loss phase, the more diet fatigue you'll accumulate and therefore you should probably lean more towards that low intensity, which is easier to recover from. So I will often program five quick hit bouts followed by a long bout of low intensity cardio. So for example, we would do five rounds of 10 to 15 second sprints with a one to two second, uh, one to two minutes, sorry, rest period. Um, So you can fully go all out on those 10 to 15 second sprints, then a cool down for about 30 minutes incline walk on the treadmill right? This will be a 40 minute total session and it is a very effective phallus cardio tool. But I've also done it as 10 to 20 rounds of hit by itself on one day and then 30 to 40 minutes of list by itself on another day, amounting to two total cardio sessions per week, but still utilizing both. But the main takeaway of the podcast is pretty simple. There's rarely ever a best approach. And more often than not, it's about assessing your current goals, 
your lifestyle, your recovery, your schedule, the timeline, and then determining the best route to take based on what you can individually adhere to and recover from most consistently. So don't choose just what's cool or what sounds sexy. Choose what actually will work and fit into your lifestyle and your schedule and optimize not just your performance, not just your fat loss, not just your energy systems, but your recovery as well because recovery is where adaptation occurs. We can apply the stress that increases the VO2 max or increases your utilization of fat for fuel or whatever it may be, but if you can't recover from it, the adaptation won't actually occur. So I hope you guys like this podcast. Went a little bit longer than expected, as you guys probably could imagine. I'm just going to stop giving timelines on these in general. Um, And at the end of the day, my goal was to give you the best cardio approach for you specifically, which only you can determine. So as you listen through this, as you go check out the blog, take notes, think of past things you've done and determine what is the best approach for you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you. If you want more free content, head over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com. That's where you can find all of our free guides, our free blog, our free videos, all kinds of stuff, as well as an application to work with us one-on-one in our private tailored coaching. That is all I got for you guys. We appreciate you listening and we will catch you next time.